Next on BYU Sports Nation, the greatest quarterback duo in BYU history going into a season. A Heisman candidate and a freshman of the year might do the trick. Will BYU win the Pac-12 South? Pac-12 Network analyst Yogi Roth weighs in, plus cornerbacks coach Gennaro Guilford joins the program. Six foot four Amy Boswell of BYU Women's Volleyball joins us, and what Heisman winner Desmond Howard said about 26-year-old Taysom Hill. Hashtag hustle. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, August 25th, wherever and however you are dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Mission Trip Workout Coordinator, Jerem Jordan. My first client was uh, Fui Vakapuna, mm-hmm. and that went really well, so much so that they invited him to Salt Lake to say, what did you do to be in better shape after your mission? Now, he is the rare example, but yeah, I'm working with some guys, Nat, uh, on this. <laughs> I, I'm not sure there's been a single true statement <laughs> at the beginning of this show in the, what's today? The 789th show of BYU Sports Nation. Um, I've, I've called you like a nice guy before, right? Again, not true. <laughs> Did you hear about the hustle oh boy. that BYU football is involved in? College Football Live discussed fair or foul in regard to Taysom Hill being 26 years old and a college quarterback. Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The average age of the BYU football team. Is 21.4. That can't be right, Jerem. Do you want to know what Utah's is? It's 20.4. So BYU is, on average, Mm. one year older than its opponent. Well, in that year, they've got a huge advantage. This is my least favorite, favorite and most annoying subject in BYU sports. And if you're a BYU fan, you're watching BYU Sports Nation, you get, you get it. It's not an advantage. We went on missions. It's not an advantage. These are grown men, though, Jerem. Grown right. men. The, the disadvantage for Taysom Hill is that he's been injured three times. That's the biggest disadvantage, let alone two years away from the game. Yeah, I, I would love to see Nick Saban uh, deal with, and I don't use that lightly, the scholarship management, the – getting a guy back into shape, the injuries associated. Ask Troy Hines if it's awesome to go on a mission, which it is, but then come back and try and get back into form, which he's been banged up. He was supposed to be a huge player for BYU. We're still trying to see him get back into form. Chris Collinsworth's uh, basketball career was derailed by an injury soon after his mission because he played too much too quick. This ha- Tyler Hawes and Kyle Collinsworth and Bronson Kofusi are the exceptions to the rule. It's not an advantage. It's unfortunate that it's seen as such by – Desmond and others nationally, if someone says it's an advantage, they clearly do not know what goes into a mission. Physically? Athletically? No! Does it make you mentally tougher? Absolutely it does. And why, why are people who go on missions somehow shed in a negative light? Do you understand that it's 10000 bucks out of your <laughs> own pocket that you go somewhere of your own accord like you don't pick i didn't pick to go to brazil and i didn't pick some of the companions trust me i wouldn't have picked some of those guys to hang out with but others definitely and then you speak a different language it's a 65 hour work week you don't get paid you can't even hug a girl 
for goodness sake, and yet it was my favorite two years of my life. Man. Besides the last two years with you. Sorry. We could spend a while. <laughs> two years? It's been three, right? Almost three. Coming up mm-hmm. next week. That's next right. Friday marks three years. Three-year anniversary Sweet. of BYU Sports Nation. Can you believe it? I just want to know why guys like Chris Wanky from Florida State, didn't he win the Heisman Trophy? Yes. He was older, older than Taysom Hill. Brandon Whedon, Oklahoma State. Russell Wilson was older because he played minor league baseball. <laughs> what? How come nobody talks about that? Yeah. And BYU has benefited greatly. Count all the, the national championships and the New Year's Six and uh, BCS bowl games that BYU has won. And Wait. Oh, there's only one national title? Mm. Oh, my bad. Mm. And in basketball, BYU has the most NCAA tournament appearances without a Final Four? Oh, it's been a huge advantage. <laughs> I like Desmond Howard. I Just do, go- too. I, I love li- him. I like him. He's, he doesn't. He clearly doesn't know what goes into a mission. He's the few times that I have run into him. He has been very kind to me. Like I like him, but he is misinformed. He is very misinformed. <laughs> also, uh, Desmond, he said, "Why don't they go on missions earlier?" I I don't think going on a mission. Does he at, realize they go right out of high school? At, at sixteen would be a good idea. <laughs> In fact, we we made it earlier. They go at eighteen now. Speaking of 16, here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Today is practice 16 for the BYU football team in the form of the third scrimmage happening right now at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, close to the public. At 1.30 Eastern time, we will have live interviews online, facebook.com slash Sports. Taysom Hill, who is extremely advantaged by his mission trip and is 26, is one of 16 Heisman Trophy candidates, according to the USA Today. UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen is also on the list. Mm, how about that? The frozen Rosen. Yeah. <laughs> ESPN insider Brian Fremo gives BYU football a 27% chance to finish the season 8-4 and four and a 23% chance to finish 7-5 and five in his FE. EI ratings, therefore, 50% shot to win seven or eight games. That's totally in line with what we've been saying, which is like, yeah, seven and a half. ESPN named non-QB MVPs for each of the 32 NFL teams. Ziggy Ansah is the MVP of the Lions on this list, saying it could be season-crushing if they lost him. He's the anchor of the defensive line and one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL this season. There are also two NFL exhibitions tonight. Jordan Leslie and the Atlanta Falcons host Long snapper John Denny and the Miami Dolphins tonight at 8 Eastern. And Jake Keeps and my Seahawks play the Cowboys at 10 Eastern. Have you hugged your long snapper today? What's up, Matt Foley? Motivational speaker. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The best BYU quarterback combo ever. Like I said, you're choosing between great and great. Listen, it's a rare occasion when Jerem Jordan feels so strongly that he uses a superlative. I never use superlatives! But that happened yesterday, and it's going to happen again today. Always. Forever. First, the reality of the BYU quarterback situation, as we just heard from Kalani Satake, choosing between great and great. Number one, BYU has a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate starting for them in 2016. His name is Taysom Hill. He's 26. He's 15-6 and six as a starter and holds the single game and season rushing records for any BYU quarterback. The third most rushing yards in a season for any BYU player. Now for BYU's backup. 
named the National Freshman of the Year by the Touchdown Club of Ohio. He made two of the greatest, most dramatic plays in BYU history last season. Three months off his two-year mission, hashtag advantage. He started 12 (laughs) games and won eight as a true freshman. Which brings us to our Twitter question. Going into a season, what's the greatest BYU quarterback duo in history? Okay. At Kugbaka, use the hashtag BYUSN. Has to be Jake Heaps and Riley Nelson. Heaps had the strong arm in athletics while Nelson was the gamer was the gamer who had grit. Use the hashtag BYUSN. We're going there early, aren't we? <laughs> okay. okay. For real. Yes. I brought this up earlier in the week because I wanted to talk about this. I think this is the best QB season situation going into a season in BYU history. Also, I think Tanner Mangum is the best backup quarterback in BYU history. What? What about McMahon and Youngman, Bosco and Wilson and Nielsen? Yes, what about all of those fantastic NFL quarterbacks? BYU has only had one other quarterback ever go into the next season after being a 12-game starter. That man was Sean... Covey, thanks to our friends at Cougar Stats for that. A redshirt freshman named Ty Detmer spelled Sean Covey quite often that season and became the starter as a sophomore in 1989. And in 1990, he won BYU's Heisman Trophy. No, he did not go on a mission, so that was not an advantage. Mangum was the past last year, and he is the future, and he might even be the present this year. We'll see. But the dude's a baller, and he'll be up there in the BYU quarterback conversation as one of the greats because of what he did at Nebraska and Boise State, regardless of what happens in the future. But I expect him to be a three-year starter with a bunch of wins, 3,000 yards every season, and he put up 3,300 passing, 23 touchdowns, and 10 picks last year. That is the best season for a freshman and for a bunch of sophomores in BYU history. BYU's never gone into a season with a backup with those numbers returning. Never. It's never happened. Superlative. If we are qualifying it with going into a season. That's what I'm talking about. We don't know what Tanner Mangum's becoming. Because it's hard for people to separate the what the quarterbacks did after BYU I'm or ta- when they became yes. the starter. Great point. We're talking about one, two, going into the same season. BYU's never had a quarterback like Taysom Hill, and they've never had a backup with the credentials that Tanner Mangum has. I think, it's the best. I think with those premises thrown out there, there really is only one other combo that would compare in terms of... Let's go through these. We've looked up the stats, too. We, we know something about both of these quarterbacks because both have played. And I think you have to go back to 1978 when Jim McMahon and Mark Wilson both played in games that year. Here's my, here's my thing against that. They both had a negative touchdown to interception ratio. Tanner Mangum's stats greater than... McMahon, his sophomore year. Tanner Mangum as a freshman was better than Jim McMahon as a sophomore. But Jim McMahon, Jim McMahon became Jim McMahon later. Tanner Mangum's stats were better. Than, okay, you say 78. I, I thought, okay, what about 81 when Steve Young backed up Jim McMahon? In McMahon's senior year, sophomore, uh, Steve Young was a sophomore. 731 yards, five touchdowns, five picks. A lot of this has to do with the opportunity that was given to Tanner Mangum. That's the point, though. He had a great opportunity, was a good quarterback, and it's a unique situation that he's not the starter after those stats. What about, what about Steve Young? Uh, what about Robbie Bosco backing up Steve Young? 252 yards for Robbie Bosco, three touchdowns and one pick. Hardly played. Have you ever, as a BYU fan, felt more confident 
in both of the quarterbacks on a roster going into a season. Now, in large part for Lavelle Edwards, it was, we think this guy is going to be pretty good. We know we have a good guy, and we think this guy is going to be pretty good. And he's waited his time, and that's what makes this situation different, Spencer. You have a proven backup. Christian Stewart was good in practice. We thought he'd be good in the games. Unfortunately, the defense wasn't that good, so he ended up 4-4 four and four as a starter. But he was a capable player. He didn't play 12 games the year before and win 8 and then come back and be the backup. That's what Tanner Mangum did. Have you ever looked at a BYU team with its quarterbacks and said, I feel confident that both of these quarterbacks could help BYU win every game on the schedule? Max Hall... Backed up John Beck, right? Wrong. In 2006, See, I, 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 he, brought, I brought up he that this morning. He, in 2006, Max Hall was uh, redshirting because he transferred. He couldn't play. So it was John Beck and Jason Beck. This is it. T- Taysom and Tanner, the two uh, quarterback spud quarterbacks from Idaho, to me, this is the best quarterback situation in BYU history. It's fantastic. Enjoy it. Enjoy this season. This is a testament to the quality of quarterback that Tanner Mangum is. Yes, it's mostly about Tanner. You're right. Holy cow. Coming up, an All-American last year women's volleyball star Amy Boswell will join us. But first, Pac-12 analyst Yogi Roth. What does he think about BYU's first three games against the Pac-12 South? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV, and the conversation happening right this second on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. We'll have Facebook Live interviews after practice today at 11.30 Eastern time. So coming up in about an hour and 15 minutes from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. uh, Practice number 16, scrimmage number 3 for BYU as they begin day 3 of preparation for Arizona. Jerem Jordan just dropped a superlative for one of the few times I have ever heard him do that. On this show, what is the greatest BYU quarterback duo in history going into a season? We just talked at length why this year's duo might very well, well, in my opinion, might very well, and in Jerem Jordan's opinion, is, without a doubt, the greatest <laughs> duo going into so, a season. It's a fun opinionated question, obviously. Mm. I, I think the numbers point squarely at this year because Jim McMahon and Steve Young and Mark Wilson, they weren't their full selves. They weren't 3,000-yard passers, 20-plus touchdowns kind of guys. Yet, Tanner Mangum is that guy after freshman year. Now, well, Tanner Mangum had a season to play. That's exactly right. That's why this year is the best situation. Yeah, and they've got this 26-year-old guy in there working a hustle in college football. So, Apparently that hustle is not yielding the results that it should (laughs) because eight or nine wins is not hustling anybody. (laughs) Right? At BYU underscore Rise and Shout says, The answer is McMahon, Wilson, or McMahon Young. Any other answer is silly. He called you silly, Jerem. I already responded on Twitter to my, <laughs> my buddies, the Mangum brothers. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is Yogi Roth of the Pac-12 Network. Yogi, nice to have you on BYU Sports Nation. Are you kidding me? I'm fucked up, man. I saw the video you guys put out this morning. It looks like it's a blast over there. Oh, man. We we're having a lot of fun. And speaking of that, we've joked, but we're kind of totally serious as well about BYU competing for the Pac-12 South championship or at least like a co-title like Utah in the first three weeks because of who they play. Can we get your help in proposing this to the Pac-12 network if BYU goes 3-0 and in their first three games? 
Well, I'll tell you what, I don't think you're going to need a lot of my help to get people talking about it, at least on social media. I think it's going to be a little struggle to get you the actual title, but um, <laughs> it, it might help the argument to get into the Big 12. You never know. Yeah, exactly. We may or may not be prepping a banner should BYU start 2-0. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not kidding uh, with that. But the, the first three games are interesting because BYU does play three from the same division. And, of course, they're going to play Utah for the second time in the last three games going back to the Vegas Bowl. So what do you think of those initial three games for BYU against Arizona, Utah, and UCLA? Well, I'm really curious. I mean, I wonder what BYU fans would rather have, like a 2 and one start or like a 1-2 and two start with a win over Utah. Um, <laughs> That's a dangerous uh, question. Would you rather like a fake banner or would you rather beating Utah in that rivalry matchup? But <laughs> no, I, I think it's, it's awesome. Um, you know, I know Kalani uh, pretty well. I've been around him for a long time. Um, dating back to um, God, years ago when God, I can remember being at UW when he was there before Utah was even in the Pac-12, um, just clinicking that staff on defense, and him and Sark obviously went way back. So, um, and, and, you know, just all those guys from those staffs that have kind of come and gone. So I'm fired up for his program. I think he's uh, a bona fide big-time head coach. I think this job is obviously perfect for him with his history that you guys probably talk about all the time. But to answer your question, um, these are this is real you know these are hard games and i've always felt this when i when you take the emotion out and you look at high school athletes which i'm around every year um i think it takes a special kid to commit to or go to byu over a power five school right you look at tanner mangum or there's a bunch of guys on that roster but overall um i'd say the majority of those recruiting battles you know power five schools are winning you know and i don't think that's a dramatic statement i just think that's probably the truth so you would say based on say, recruiting classes, these three schools in the Pac-12 South would be favored in this ballgame. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I don't look at lines on purpose. Um, but I, I think it's going to be hard for them week in and week out because they're seeing so many different styles, right? Arizona, it's week one. It's going to be cool. It's in a sweet stadium. Everybody's going to be jazzed up for that one. Um, don't really know what to expect from Arizona this year. You look at Utah, to me, they're my, they were my favorite in the South and now dependent upon what happens at their slot receiver um, I don't know if they'll win, the, win that division, but I think they're a nine-win football team. And UCLA, they got one of the top two quarterbacks in the country and a revamped offense and, and a veteran team. So the work's cut out for BYU, and if they get those three wins, um, they're going to get ridiculous national respect. And uh, like I said earlier, just amp up that argument to get to a Power 5 conference. Yogi Roth of the Pac-12 Network with us on BYU Sports Nation. When you look at games two and three, BYU at Utah on September 10th, and then the home opener against Josh Rosen and UCLA on September 17th. Which of those two games will be the more difficult game for BYU to win? UCLA. You know, I go back every May and June, and it's really fun. If you guys are ever in L.A., come hang out. And I just dive into every team and watch their games and do a full-on self-scout just to prepare for kind of media days and training camp and just a level set. And I try to produce every game. And I can remember my first run of the schedule – I was like, all right, I, I think BYU upsets UCLA here. And then when I went back and really dove into it, I don't think they're going to in that game because I, even though it's a home opener, et cetera, I just think that their first two contests are so demanding. You know, emotionally from the first game, you're playing an NFL stadium, et cetera. Obviously, everybody knows what the Utah game stands for, and it's going to be extremely physical. I think UCLA, under Jim Moore, it's his most complete team. It's his healthiest team. Um, offensively, I think it's going to be uh, the ability to be the most explosive team with Josh, your quarterback, and be able to dissect uh, the, you know, a defense. So it's going to be a, a really fun game from an XO standpoint of 
Kalani and what he has done historically uh, to quarterbacks, how he attacks these types of offenses, and then obviously the response from the UCLA side. So I, I think the more difficult game is that home opener. There's going to be so much around it, obviously, for Kalani, the program. But the reality is when you look at the football, their first two weeks are brutal, man. And uh, and then you get a UCLA team, which I'm calling their game of the week before against UNLV, and they don't have cakewalks either. But I, I think they're, they're – they're favored in that game, in my opinion, the Bruins. Yogi, I respect you. You could easily come on a BYU show and just say BYU, but no, you said UCLA, which I, they're going to come into Provo. That's going to be a good game. And in week two is a Utah game. BYU's lost five in a row. That Vegas Bowl was interesting, to say the least. What do you think of the BYU-Utah matchup in week two? Yeah, well, I mean, the only bummer there for BYU fans is that Utah plays a Thursday night you know, against the team that they'll roll on, you know, probably in southern Utah. So they get even more time to repair. And it's an old adage, but there's truth to old adages of, like, the biggest improvements from game one to game two. And with a new quarterback in Troy Williams, I think he's the the best guy in Kyle Whittingham's Pac-12 era who can push the ball down the field. Excited to see how he is on critical downs and distances where Travis Wilson thrived. Um, But um, the passing game with Timmy Patrick, um, it's just going to be better. Their defense is going to be a mirror image of what you're going to see all season long at BYU for the most part. I mean, same school of thought, obviously, everybody's come up through there. Um, it is going to be an epic football game. Of all the games around the country, and I've been, I played in huge rivalry games at Pitt in West Virginia, I've coached USC, UCLA, Notre Dame, et cetera. Uh, this is an awesome one. But it, it, the reality is that it, it ain't easy. You know, Utah, um, you guys have been there. I think in the Pac 12, um, it's not quietly anymore, but I'd argue one of the top two hardest places to play, you know, there in Austin stadium. Um, it's a real thing. And the place is obviously going to be lit up for, for this ball game. And I think Utah, what, what I'm tracking this year, guys, is, is a new stat that I basically made up of called unforced errors. You know, when I was watching like tennis this summer when nothing else was on, I was like, man, the people that win are the ones that don't really make mistakes. So I started to compare it to football and Utah, they don't commit penalties. They don't turn the ball over. You know, they're never, they're very rarely in the wrong responsibility. You know, they don't overrun gaps. They just do sound stuff. They're so well coached. Uh, I just don't see them making a lot of errors. And they can push the ball down the field potentially with Troy Williams. I think they're a stronger team than they were a year ago, even after they're losing, you know, the two most productive players and their quarterback and their running back, uh, Devontae Booker. So I think it's hard for BYU um, to go in there and get that win. I think it's going to be a classic game, but. Again, like I'm, I'm taking my Pac-12 network hat off. Just pure analyst, um, it's advantage Utah in this ballgame, in my opinion, and it's because of who they are in their front seven. Pac-12 analyst Yogi Roth with us on BYU Sports Nation discussing BYU-specific first three games of the 2016 season. Straight up, does Kalani Sitake give BYU an edge in the game against Utah that they didn't have previously under the Bronco Mendenhall staff? I think Kalani Stocky gives them an edge in every game. You know, I, I'm telling you, I, I've been around him a lot, and, you know, you guys probably watched, um, you know, the drive on the Pac-12 Network last year. If you haven't, if your fans haven't, go check it out at uh, pac-12.com. It's basically a documentary series following their team all season, and we were in there for every moment, um, good, bad, and different. Gary Anderson, who you guys I know really, uh, you know very well, he was like, look, show the, the build, show the – the difficult times. So we, we did, you know, he wanted more of that to just to showcase how that program was rebuilding. And you got to see Kalani's approach. And 
just like people saw last year from Utah's team is, you know, they've got some get after you in them, you know, and Kalani, he's extremely soft spoken, obviously one of the most polite, respectful humans I've ever met and in the coaching profession for sure. Uh, but he's going to get his guys to get after it. You know, they're going to have an edge. And to me, the difference between really talented teams and ones that are good are ones that hope things go their way and ones that know things are going to go their way. And I think Kalani brings that quiet confidence of like, look, we, we know this is going to happen. You know, you saw him pick his quarterback, right, and taste him. We, we know he's going to be able to be productive here. Defensively, they're going to have an attitude about, we know we're going to get to the quarterback. There's a standard on the defensive line that, you're going to see continue to grow. It's already obviously been there for a while, but will continue to evolve. And I think that's a huge edge. To me, he's big-time up-and-comer. He, he's a power five head coach, um, a steal for BYU, in my opinion, and a perfect fit. So, yeah, man, I think it's it's definite advantage. And what I love about it against Utah is that he is such a respect for the game that uh, that you're going to feel that. You know, it's going to feel classic rivalry. It's not going to feel – angry we hate each other rivalry and it's going to feel major respect i think it's an, an incredible give back to the game uh for him to be there and, and that weekend i think it's going to be a special one because of what that place did for his career a lot of a lot of fans are really excited to uh see how it starts and it starts next week which is fantastic uh the, the game game three is ucla you already mentioned that you think utah is your pac-12 south uh you know favorite ucla is constantly hyped a preseason contender yet they've only been to two Rose Bowls since 87 will they live up to any kind of that hype this year in your opinion how good will they be yeah I think they'll be really good I mean now because of uh what happened with Corey Butler Bird um I would pick UCLA and based on what I've seen in training camp practice I pick UCLA to be my favorite in the south uh and I say that because my biggest question for them and and I did this as a player too where you go from pro to spread to pro and you and you flip flop back and forth and when you watch them in the spring where they struggled was the little details of being a pro-style system. And by that, I mean the shifting and the motioning from tight ends and wide receivers, uh, from offensive linemen holding their stance longer because it's not up-tempo, to audibling and redirecting the protections, to Josh Rosen being able to communicate and the center spreading the message all the way down the line. They really struggled with that, even snap count stuff in the spring. I went out and watched them in training camp. This is a totally different team. Like They went to work in the uh, you know player-run practices in the offseason in the summer. They went to work in training camp. To me, this is a championship-caliber team. I expect to see them a rematch against Stanford in the Pac-12 championship game in December. So I think that uh, they are, they're worthy of the hype they got this year. Because the hype they got this year, I don't, I don't think it's gnarly like it was a couple of years ago with Brett Hundley. You know, that was Final Four or BCS. or I think, yeah, I think it was BCS. It was last year the BCS um, that year. Uh, I think that they're worthy of it for sure this year. You look at their offensive line, they got two NFL tackles on both sides, 6'9", 315 plus. Their defense, their secondaries, uh, they're deep. They're not, I don't know how many NFL players they have on that, but they got guys that can play and rotate in and out. They got a defensive lineman, Tack McKinley, who is built like guys you've seen in that state for a long time. He kind of reminds me of Kylie Fitz at Utah. They got a three technique and Eddie Vanderdos, who is a first-round pe- uh, talent in the defensive line. Jam Brown at linebacker, they're athletic enough. So I think they have it, and I'm excited to see how they call plays. You know, again, like BYU, they got a first-time uh, offensive coordinator in college football. You know, Kalani Sato- or not Kalani, and Kennedy Palomalo, he's calling plays for the first time. So I'm excited to see his style and how he does it. But I think they're worth the hype, man. Um, and I think the, the, the Bruins are going to be for real this year. 
Fantastic stuff with Yogi Roth, college football analyst for the Pac-12 Network, New York Times bestselling author. Yogi, thanks for the time, man. Uh, we'll be talking to you as we get closer to what we hope is a Pac-12 South banner hanging in Studio B. <laughs> I'll tell you what, my, my last thing on BYU, just keep this nugget in the back of your mind. Remember what Nebraska was last year, all those close losses. You know, they finished 6-7 and seven with a big win against UCLA, but at all those last-second losses, you guys obviously were around for one of them. You look at BYU's schedule this year, and it's brutal with their games. But I can't wait, and I would recommend fans, watch how they compete. You know, and base your opinion off of that. And no matter how many games they win or lose, because uh, I think a bunch can go either way, whether it's Michigan State, West Virginia, and the, the games we've talked about. But I, I'm fired up for this team in the future there. And, and I hope they get into a, a Power 5 conference that they get to go that out, because they can clearly compete at that level. Because you just said that, you gained 171 Twitter followers in .3 seconds. <laughs> hey, I'm a Kalani guy, man. I, I truly am. I'll I, I tell you what, I was surprised Tanner got beat out. Uh, but that goes to show you. And I was with Tanner over the summer at Elite 11. He was a counselor. Uh, I, I, that, to me, says that Taysom Hill uh, really is going to have an impressive season. Yogi, great stuff, man. We appreciate the time. Anytime, brother. Y- Yogi Roth on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. It's one of the greatest interviews we've ever had on this show. There was so much information and interesting opinion in that. I th- Yogi was fantastic. Fantastic. You're, you're not mad that he picked Utah over BYU? I'm not, I'm not mad at a different opinion, no. <laughs> what, BYU has to, BYU's lost five in a row and it's on the road. They're the ones that have to go I, in there and do something. I, you know that, what I mean? I've been saying that the entire summer. Been saying that thing. It would feel pretty good. The entire summer. That was a fantastic interview, no doubt about it. Coming up, defensive back coach Gennaro Guilford tells us what to expect from this year's secondary. But first, senior middle blocker Amy Boswell bringing her swag back to Studio B. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, the women's volleyball season starts tomorrow night, 9 Eastern time, uh, on BYU TV. Uh, check it out against Utah Valley, 13th ranked, Brigham Young. Starts the season. Can't wait. Spencer I can't Linton on the call. It's Thursday. Which means volleyball. You, I know on you look confused. Saturday. So I thought, wait, is it not tomorrow? It's tomorrow. No, you're right. I just, <laughs> I'm amazed. This week, like all of a sudden, I woke up and it was Thursday. Like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's. it's hey, listen, there's college football Friday night too. Oh, so you can watch the women's volleyball match, and then you can watch Cal and Hawaii. Yes, Friday and Saturday night BYU women's volleyball. I don't think you even have to DVR that Cal Hawaii game, right? 8.30 Mountain, because BYU will win in three Yes, against Utah Valley. That's exactly right. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. Four, today, four. practice number sweet 16 for BYU football in the form of the third scrimmage of this fall camp happening right now at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. At approximately 1.30 Eastern time, we will have live interviews online. Thanks to our Facebook.com slash BYU TV sports page. Check it out. Taysom Hill is one of 16 Heisman Trophy candidates, according to the USA Today. UCLA. But he's 26, Jerem. So, quarterback uh, Josh Rosen of UCLA, who's always overhyped, uh, he is on the list as well. <laughs> Wait, Josh Rosen is no, overhyped no, no. or UCLA. UCLA is overhyped? Do you know how many more Rose Bowls UCLA has been to since 1987 than BYU? Two. BYU's not even in the league. Welcome, welcome to my party, Jerem. I know. Welcome, man. I texted you while I was on vacay. Hey, <laughs> Washington State and Arizona State have been to two as well. <laughs> Joining us now, six foot four, with some serious swag, a third-team All-American, two years ago the number one blocker in the country, mm. along with 
her teammate, Whitney Howard. Her name is Amy Boswell. Welcome back to Studio B, Amy. Up, Thanks, guys. How's it going? Oh, Great. we are We're fantastic. Up, so good. Fired up. You, you, fired up. you play a match tomorrow. <laughs> we do. How are you so, feeling about that? So excited. We came back for our blue and white scrimmage last Saturday, and we were just in our jerseys back in the field house with the music and the fans, and oh, I'm so excited. What are you looking forward to the most? I don't even know. Just it's my senior season, which is kind of weird to be perfectly honest, but just just taking advantage of every moment, every game. Soak it all in. How long do we have to wait to see the high knee celebration? <laughs> Hopefully not too long. <laughs> but <laughs> trust me, I like it just as much as you guys do. There's some questions with this team because for the first time in several years, you don't have that like all-American pin hitter per se, although someone could be that. We'll see. Uh, Jennifer Hampson, Alexa Gray. How's, how's this team maybe a little, little different than the past couple of years? Yeah, I think we've talked a lot about how we are missing some of those big, like, one hit one or not one hit wonders but just those awesome players and I think that this team is really gonna have to work together and that's something that we're really excited about because we have fantastic players on our team and I think that just all of us working together and knowing that we all have to pull our weight and do our job is gonna be awesome so if you know women's volleyball at BYU, you understand the recent tradition of getting to the Sweet 16, in fact, four in a row, and winning the conference. Well, this year, BYU not picked to win the West Coast Conference. How are you approaching your senior season not as the favorite in the WCC? You know, I have always personally loved being an underdog. I remember that run we had in the NCAA tournament to the final, and we weren't picked to win. We weren't even seeded, and there was just this attitude of we've got this chip on our shoulder like no one believes we can do this and just we came out with fire and we were loose and it was so fun so I mean that's always our goal to win the WCC so I think people might be a little surprised but (laughs) we're gonna work for it so I've called the men's volleyball matches for several years now and constantly coaches preach serve and serve receive right as the keys (laughs) to the game I'm like can you be a little more specific you know (laughs) But in volleyball, that's how it is. Um, how's serve and serve receive on this team? I think it's going to be really good. Honestly, we've had a lot of kids in all summer long working 7 a.m. serve and pass. Um, that's been a big emphasis in our preseason practices. Um, it really is the name of the game, right? Because if you can't serve it over the net or if it's too easy, then they just jam it down your throat. So, no, I think it's going to be really good. That's something that Heather has definitely brought to to the table so. you should feel pretty good about uh the service because statistically you're the best server on the team amy so i didn't even know that <laughs> no i love i get extra reps with a lot of our passers after practice and they're like thank you so much and i'm just like hey i don't hit unless you guys pass well so i will serve there, you yeah. all day hey so in a way it's selfish i'm just kidding kidding. named the west coast conference defensive player of the year again you've been in the top 20 top five in terms of blockers in the country so we all know that with you and whitney howard coming back the strength of this team is going to be in the middle with that block but who are some of the your teammates that maybe BYU sports nation doesn't know about that you feel like are going to earn some attention very early in the season Ooh, um I think all of our pin hitters, honestly, in practice, our rallies are so long. Our hitters have awesome shots. But you saw a lot of Ronnie Jones last year. She's coming back. And we've got a couple of freshmen coming in who are probably going to contribute. Cozy Burnett on the right. 
We've got Hannah Robinson just came back from her mission. So excited to have mm. her back. But honestly, just all of our pin hitters are going to be huge contributors to this team. So we should be pretty well-rounded, which is really fun. How's the Utah Valley match? Because traditionally that's a match you should win, but yet there's there's more at stake probably for Utah Valley who comes in and wants to prove something about against big, bad BYU. <laughs> yet it's the season opener. So how do you kind of manage those things? I think we started this week off with an objective of just to go one and zero, and it might be our it's our first home match and it's our against UVU right they're close there's going to be a big crowd, but I think just the way that this team has always been successful and done well is just take it one game at a time, and so we know what we have to do and we'll watch some film today before practice and see what they're going to do and just prepare like we would any other match so. Did you watch uh, the Karch Karai-led USA women's volleyball team in the Olympics, and did you learn anything from that in my youth? I did. So we actually talked. I love that Heather's coached with Karch, um, and we learned she brought up a couple quotes and was just like, hey, Karch, one of the favorite things that he said that she loved was, we like tough. Like he saw their pool play and he saw their lineup to get to the gold medal match, and he's like, we like tough. Like we don't shy away from it. We're excited for it. And so that's something that we've really taken to heart and we're just like, bring it on. We're going to work our butts off and we're going to, we're going to take the tough as it comes. So, Okay. We're going to finish with this. Uh, your true or false. You are the biggest personality on the BYU women's volleyball team. Ooh, I don't even know. I don't think so. Oh, what? I don't think so. Is it cozy Burnett? Cozy Burnett, we've got Keani, we've got McKenna Miller who just came in. We've got a lot of big personalities okay. on this team. But probably the highest grades in the program. <laughs> right? Yeah, settle we, down, overachiever. Stop. Get out of Studio B. We'll see if we can keep him. We'll see if we can keep him. <laughs> you got homework to do or something. Classes haven't not yet, started. Not yet. Classes Wait started. for it. Yeah. Amy, great to have you on the show. Thanks so much, guys. And some karma for tomorrow's yeah. match. I would love some karma. Give the BYU Sports Nation karma <laughs> to Amy Boswell. and three sets. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> and an ace? My goodness. Jerem, <laughs> let's, let's go easy, huh? It's, it's Utah easy. Valley. It's okay. okay. Oh, my gosh. Respect all opponents, Jerem. Come <laughs> on. You have to do that. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> oh, good stuff with Amy Boswell. 6'4", All-American middle blocker for BYU Women's Volleyball. You can watch them tomorrow night on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. Up next, an update for Cougars in action tonight around the NFL in the whip round. But first, Gennaro Guilford. How's he coaching up the DBs? I love the fighting Mark Popes. It's all good. BYU Sports Days are presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. If you happen to miss a show live, you can watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. Coming up next Saturday, September 3rd on game day, BYU football against Arizona is live on Countdown to kick off our hour-long TV pregame show from Glendale, Arizona, and Provo, Utah at 9.30 Eastern time. Going into a season, what's the greatest BYU quarterback duo in history? Download the podcast to hear why Jerem Jordan used a superlative when he made his decision. Yes. How about the BYU cornerbacks? Not the quarterbacks, but the guys defending passes of all BYU opponents. We talked with Gennaro Guilford, the first-year defensive backs coach, recently in BYU practice and fall camp. What does he expect from his guys? We're two-on-one with Gennaro. Coach, now 11 days away from Arizona, and uh, a lot of talk has been set, been had about the fact that the secondary is, is really deep right now. How do you feel about your secondary 11 days out? Um, I love it. I love it. You know, we have 
plenty of depth. We have guys that can go in and play, guys that are ready to contribute right now. Um, you know, we're just focusing on every day, just getting better and keeping the competition going for right now. Taysom Hill was named a starter at quarterback. Uh, how was that received among the team today? Um, great. You know, I didn't, I didn't hear any, any positives or negatives. I mean, we're just going, and guys know they, they're going to compete every day and may the best man win. Have you uh, named your own starters at, at cornerback yet? Not yet, not yet. Of course, um, I have one returning, um, but the opposite side I haven't yet. Um, I'm pretty sure it'll be within the next couple of days or whenever that may be, but I just tell them just keep competing, and, you know, in the next couple of days we'll just name one and we'll just go from there. What kind of things are you looking for in terms of separation on that other side in naming a starter? Um, mental, mental. You know, guys, guys that's going to come out there and, and, and take it, you know, um, so of course I have to name one, but I, I, want that, I want that guy to go out there and actually take it and step up, you know. Um, no mental areas, doing everything right. I tell the guys, just because of the, the defense that we play, you know, um, we're going to get beat, and that's, and that's fine. That's fine, but I, I want you to be able to respond to that, respond and come back, come back even stronger and just keep competing. So um, we'll see you the next couple of days. I think there's been a nice mix of great discipline of these guys from the previous coaching staff mixed with the flavor of this. Can you kind of talk about how you've tried to use the good from that previous coaching staff, what they did, and then mix your own flavor in there? Um, yes. So the previous staff did a tremendous job. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a Bronco guy. He was my defensive coordinator when I was, when I was a senior. So I, 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 love, I love Bronco. I love him. Um, I know what he brings to the table. He gets the best out of his players. The effort, the assignments, and everything. Um, I'm a little more uh, player friendly, you know. So my group alone, we we have fun, we laugh, we make jokes literally every single day, every <laughs> single, every single meeting. There's not a single meeting, even if it's 10 minutes, that we won't get through without a joke. Like I, it's, and I'm, I'm I'm a goofy guy, so I absolutely love it. Um, at the same time, we we do work, but I want all the guys to feel comfortable, be able to say whatever they want to say joke with guys and at the end of the day we'll come out here and have fun because that's that, that's what I want them to do is be able to come out here and have fun and um that's what this staff kind of brings to the table is having fun um having your own personality putting putting our own flavor into it um and them bringing their their effort their attitude and their assignments that they've been taught for the last five years or however long they've been here when you talk about man coverage and man press coverage, for those that don't understand what goes into that defensive scheme, how would you explain that to someone that's, that's learning football defense and, and how things will change this year? Um, high risk, high reward, you know. Um, like I said earlier, I mean, there, there are going to be times where we're, we will get beat, you know. I mean, that's, that's man coverage. I mean, the best got beat. You can name whoever, Deion Sanders, whatever the case may be. Darrell Rivas. Rivas, I mean, everybody gets beat, but... What separates those guys from everybody else is the way they respond. You know, it's, it's not I get beat now I'm, I'm going in the slump. No, no, I get beat now. You got to line up again and, and let's continue to go. You know, so that's what I'm trying to get get out of my guys. I'm telling them like you're going to get beat. There's 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 not a corner in the world that's just not going to get beat. You know, <laughs> so you have to have a short term memory, bounce back, and be ready to go. You know, does anyone remind you of yourself at all? Um, I mean, it's a couple guys. I mean, they all have a little, little, little flavor to them, you know, um, a little bit of everybody. But um, we're, I mean, we're still early, so it's kind of, it's gonna take a while before I can really say, like, you know, he kind of reminds me of myself. Um, so I mean, as of right now, no, we're just kind of going from here. We buried the lead in 2001 when you picked off the pass to seal the win against Utah. Should you have just gone down, or were you trying to house that? 
Um, I probably should have gone down, <laughs> but I was so I was so excited. So, so was everyone in the stadium yeah. at the time, right? I mean, I was so excited. I was like, okay, I'm gonna just run. <laughs> I mean, it's probably good I didn't fumble or anything. Huh? <laughs> but it turned out for the best, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You got some style points returning yeah, it, some return you know, yards to pad your career get, statistics. Yeah, exactly. Get, get get a couple yards and <laughs> go down, and you know. A, a serious question along those lines. Kind of cool. Was fantastic at. Uh, getting interception return yards last year. Is that something that you talk about at all, or is it like, let's just get the pick and then we'll figure that out later? Um, the first thing that we talk about is, is getting the turnover, ball security. That's that's our first thing. Um, as soon as you get the ball in your hands, ball security. Two hands on the ball and traffic and everything. So that's our number one thing. Um, yards are great, but the number one thing is ball security. And that's where you show the 2001 Utah play, right? Yeah, I didn't have great ball security. <laughs> I didn't have the greatest ball security, but um, you know, do, do as I say and, and not as I do. You know, so we're seeing a trend of taller, faster cornerbacks now at BYU with Michael Davis. You know, your veteran, and then the emergence of Akile Davis, who's coming over as a wide receiver. They kind of look like you, Gennaro. Is there something to that? Um, the style of defense that we play, um, as far as man defense, um, tall guys that can run the to kind of um, make that window smaller. You know, if they, if they can run, if they can put hands on you, it makes it harder for, for a wide out to get off the ball, to make certain catches, stuff like that. So um, those are the kind of guys I like. But if a shorter guy can play, you know, I, I absolutely love him Love him too, you know. Um, so it's just that's, that's what we have right now. So um, that's where we're at. You have to go up against these receivers every day. How do they look? Good, man, good, good. Ben, uh, Ben's doing a great job with him, you know, uh, as far as getting up the ball, releases, um, uh, hand-eye coordination, catching the ball, uh, being, being in the, the, the right position, stacking us, making good catches. So we're, we're battling every day against those guys, man, and I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. What do your defensive backs do best? Best? Um, as of right now, it's, it's probably competing. And we're working on releases every day. That's 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 my main thing is working on releases because um, that's where we getting getting the most trouble as far as us, um, especially you know going from a, a mainly zone team to a man team. So the, so so mainly the releases. So those are the things that we're working on every day. Getting getting hands on the wideout. What are you like on the sideline on game day, or will you be in the booth? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll probably be on the sideline and. Honestly, it just depends. You know, it depends on the type of play. Um, I'm a little more emotion. I'm a, I'm a little more emotional. You know, um, loud. So I probably have to put my headsets on mute. You know, because <laughs> um, I do I do talk a lot and emotions kind of run high a little bit. So we emotional. need to ask about the hat. I know you, the fans can't see it, but pull it up for a second. Pe- oh, yeah. People want to know this is where the, the straw BYU hat. Yeah, Kalani wears it every came day. In, yes. You know what? It was a it was a gift from our. Uh, Equipment guy, and he got it for us, and I absolutely love it. So I'm gonna wear it every day. <laughs> you, do your gar- you do your gardening in it? Everything, everything. I wear it around the house and everything. It's, it's my little baby. <laughs> you know? We need one on our set. We need to get one. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. We need something like yeah. that. Hey, Gennaro, thanks for the time. We appreciate the insight into the defensive backs. No problem. Thank you. A guy that helped make Lavelle Edwards Stadium the loudest it may have ever been with that interception against the University. What a moment! Of Utah. 2001. Iconic. Holy cow! Oh, by the way. Single digits, Jerem. Countdown to the Wildcats. Nine days away. Single digits! Woo! Nine Woo! days away from watching Gennaro yes! Guilford's 
defensive backs and Taysom Hill at quarterback and the receivers. BYU football in nine days. You're making me sweat. I'm so excited. (laughs) Up next, the Cougar whip around, including a whip around the NFL for some former Cougars. BYU Sports Station, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Nine days away. Wapsh. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Practice number 16 for the BYU football team in the form of the third scrimmage is going on right now at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in a closed practice. Coming up in about 35 minutes at the uh, 1.30 Eastern time, we, we will have live interviews online on Facebook.com slash Sports after practice. Taysom Hill, one of 16 Heisman Trophy candidates, according to USA Today. UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen also on that list. ESPN insider Brian Fromo gives BYU a 50% chance to win seven or eight games this season. Cougars in the NFL. ESPN named non-quarterback MVPs for each of the 32 NFL teams and lists Ziggy Ansah as the MVP of the Detroit Lions, saying, quote, it could be season-crushing if they lost him. He's the anchor of the defensive line and one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL this season. There are two NFL exhibition games tonight featuring former Cougars, Jordan Leslie and the Falcons. Those John Denny and the Dolphins at 8 Eastern and Jay Keeps and my Seattle Seahawks, go 12s, play the Cowboys at 10 Eastern. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Brugman went one for three with a run batted in for the AAA Nashville Sounds. Volleyball. Former Cougar Casey Patterson and Jake Gibb continue to play at the World Series of Beach Volleyball today. They beat a Brazilian team yesterday in two sets and play Italy today at 2.30 Eastern. And at 11 Eastern, they play Russia. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays <laughs> begin competition today in the Barclays at Beth Page Black in New York. An elephant? No, there will be no elephants on the course. Hey, in coming New York. up, coming up tomorrow, our conversation with BYU football head coach Kalani Satake. We're going to go over and uh, talk to him today. We will show you that tomorrow. Today's rise and shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Jerem. Bob Bosby again. We haven't mentioned that word all day. Don't we're, do it. And we're not. Don't and we're do not. It. We're going to go the whole show without saying it. Don't do it. Going into a season, what's the greatest BYU quarterback duo in history? That is our Twitter question today. Let's go to the Twitter machine. you got tweets. At BYU Kooks Fanatic, to quote Coach Satake, Taysom and Tanner, and Tanner and Taysom. <laughs> that's, that's it, man. If you missed it, at the beginning of the show, I laid out why I think this is the best situation ever and why Tanner Mangum's the best backup in BYU history. At JP Badgerman 1 says Sean Covey and Ty Detmer in 1988. If it's based on the career of the quarterbacks, I guess. But it's not. It's not. It's It's that moment in that season. So Jim McMahon wasn't Jim McMahon, really, until 1980. So in 78, he's not the same. Our elite tweet of the day from at YoungTim32. Obviously, it's Mangum Hill. You've got the leap of faith and... The Hail Moroni? <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Who else has that? Hey, thanks to a great guest today. Yogi Roth, the Pac-12 Network, Amy Boswell, General Guilford, and everyone on our crew. I only have one issue with Yogi. He bought into the UCLA hype. <laughs> I just... He did! He did! Download the podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Ryan Beck. We'll see you tomorrow. We didn't say that conference's name. I'll show.